good social relationships and more effective at stopping us dying than giving up smoking, drinking, diet, exercise and anything else you care to mention. Orbiting 250 miles above, the space station provides us with the ultimate view of planet Earth. From this perspective, we ask our guests to engage with six questions that orbit around wonder and stories of hopefulness. For the next few minutes, this is our wonder space. Welcome to the 130th episode of the Wonder Space podcast. My name is Steve Cole, and over the past three and a half years, I have asked the same six questions to amazing people from around the world. Questions that orbit around wonder and stories of hopefulness. We started during the COVID lockdown to enlarge people's vision and perspective and remind everyone that alongside crisis and emergency are always mind-blowing wonders of the natural world and hopeful stories that have the potential to fuel us and energize us, even in the most challenging of times. Before I introduce our guest this week, here is another one minute wonder from Ask Nature, who are part of the Biomimicry Institute. Chinstrap penguins face unique ecological challenges, particularly when they must guard their nests against predatory birds like the brown skua. To meet these demands, they have developed an extraordinary adaptation in how they sleep. Chinstrap penguins employ a strategy of frequent, ultra-short bouts of sleep known as microsleeps. On average, the microsleeps last a mere four seconds, but they add up to more than 11 hours total per day. Some naps rest one hemisphere of the brain at a time, others rest the whole brain at once. This unique strategy may inspire innovative sleep strategies for humans who require heightened vigilance during specific tasks or professions, such as healthcare workers and emergency responders. This week on Wonderspace, we ask our six questions to Julian Abel. Julian is a retired palliative care physician and the director of Compassionate Communities UK, whose vision is to see a world where people's natural gifts of compassion, togetherness and equity are more powerful than medicine alone. Julian hosts a podcast called Survival of the Kindest and was nominated by our previous guest on Wonderspace, Jennifer Nadel from Compassion in Politics. Great to have you on board, Julian. Thank you so much for orbiting on Wonder Space with us today. Um, so, from this overview of Earth, where we see everything with a different perspective, um, if we could do a fly past over any part of the world that is significant to you, which place, city, or country would it be, and why? There are a few magical places. I mean, loads of places are magical, but ones that are particularly kind of significant to me uh one of them is um near wentworth falls in uh australia in in new south wales um wentworth falls is uh it's just on the edge of the bush and um it overlooks what's called the three sisters the bush extends from 
the southern part of Australia all the way up to the top. It's like a few thousand miles long of this incredible forest. And you can walk from Wentworth Falls, which is a you know, fairly suburban, um, not quite, it's not nondescript, but it's a suburban Australian setting. And you just walk into the bush. And it's like you walk across a road and you walk into the bush. And and that moment of walking into the bush is just such an amazing moment of like, you felt like you, the whole of the bush was somehow expecting you and it's like this place has been sung into existence and every single living thing there has a place it's like you've entered into this wonderland amazing oh that's so good brilliant so um julian give us a, a glimpse into your life story so far with an emphasis on what you are doing currently so um, I'm a retired palliative care clinician, and I got interested a while ago in what's called compassionate communities. What's happened with uh, palliative care uh, is that uh, it's, it got largely professionalised. It's like a service that swings into place if you have a particular kind of illness. But death, dying, loss and caregiving has been something that is embedded for the whole of humanity, and we've looked after each other. Uh, and so I got interested in that aspect of palliative care, about, you know, uh, death, dying, loss and caregiving happens in schools, workplaces, educational institutions, public spaces, and religious organisations. It happens everywhere. Wherever, where there are people, there are, you know, people who are affected by death, dying, loss and caregiving, and it's a support that we can all give that makes a difference. But in 2016, I was doing some work in Somerset around um, uh, taking this approach forward. And I came across a local town to me at the time called Froome. Um, and they'd applied this approach in healthcare as a whole. And it was, it was clear that we were doing the same thing. So we kind of joined up. And after a few months, we thought, well, we wonder if this is doing any good. And, and to cut a long story short, we came across some... Uh, of the outcomes, we looked at emergency admissions for the whole of the people of Froome compared to that of the rest of Somerset. And we found that emergency admissions dropped by 15% in Froome and gone up by 30% in Somerset. And there are no interventions which have ever reduced whole population emergency admissions. Governments have given up doing it. And yet, it's because of compassionate communities. And, and since then, I've been just digging deeper and deeper into this. And, and it turns out that survival of the fittest is some kind of Victorian nightmare not invented by Darwin, that uh, actually our biology is survival of the kindest, that when you look for the hallmarks of kindness, care, cooperation and compassion, you find it throughout the animal kingdom, 600 million years of, of animal evolution. And, and humans, the most social of animals, it's like 2 million years of, of human evolution. And our basic nature is good. And so when you make use of that, it is no surprise that the results are so transformative. So 
Aside from living in Cornwall, uh, you know, this uh, charity that we run, Compassionate Communities UK, is has got those two arms. Uh, one is about how you make death, dying, loss and caregiving everyone's responsibility, you know, like supporting friends, supporting colleagues, supporting schoolmates, whatever it is. And then, but there's also this other thing, which is, it's really about revolutionising medicine um, because good social relationships are more effective at stopping us dying than giving up smoking, drinking, diet, exercise and anything else you care to mention. We've got something called the Compassionate City Charter and that's happening internationally and we've got a very, very large project going on in the US and Colombia. The Surgeon General is a top doctor in the US and the Surgeon General has just issued an advisory on uh, social connection. That This business of, of social connection is... Uh, becoming deeply embedded. And his advisory is an enormous piece of work, uh, really emphasising that you know, we need to embed social connection into our lives and into our healthcare. And the transformative impacts can be seen in so many different places. So yes, there's a lot going on. You don't necessarily hear a lot about it, but um, it's still going on and it's affecting millions of people and the impacts will will grow uh, as it develops into the future. So good. And uh, Julian, with all these plates that are spinning where for you is your place of reset or recharge? Quite a few places, but the ocean is definitely one of them. Um, I love to go surfing. Uh, home, I live in the back end of nowhere. It's very peaceful, very beautiful. Walk the dogs, run with the dogs on the cliffs. And, uh, you know, definitely a place of recharge that I um, always appreciate coming back to when I've been away. And uh, what wonder of the natural world excites you the most? The meeting place between the land and the sea. There's something so elemental about it, you know, and all over the world that this meeting place is you've you got, you know, the sky and air and sea and sun and the land. It's, it's so elemental. Yeah, so good. And... Julian, what is your story of hopefulness that's not your own about a person, business or non-profit who are doing amazing things for the world? I think that uh, we can find a good reason for hope inside each and every one of us. And the reason for this is that when you go back to the hunter-gatherer setting, we survived in small groups of 25 to 100 people. And we didn't survive by beating our chest and killing the people in our clan, because if we did that, we simply wouldn't survive, which means that we survive by care and cooperation. It's part of our evolution. It's contained in our emotions. It's contained in our genomics. It's, it, it's just contained everywhere. What this means is that every single human being has got the capacity and the potential for kindness and compassion. And uh, I think one of the kind of major changes that we need to see is about letting people know that everyone is basically good, that there is this incredible treasure that we all possess, that 
that bringing it to light in our lives is transformative in so many different ways. And if you want to lead a long, healthy, happy life, it's all about connection and relationships. And uh, the science of this is now well described. And I think there is an increasing worldwide movement that's, which recognizes this and that we need to say that survival of the fittest is a Victorian nightmare that benefits people in power and is not a description of our evolution. And the consequences of it are increasing inequality and our world going to pot. We can see it everywhere with environmental destruction already in place. Um, and if, if we're going to do anything about it, we need to make use of this treasure inside us. And we need to make sure that that happens in business, in politics, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our workplaces. It needs to happen everywhere. And it's recognition of the qualities in each and every one of us. Extraordinary. You were nominated by Jennifer Nadel, who we both think the world of, of compassion in politics. And uh, she was a guest previously and uh, it's, it's just so good to see the work happening in the grassroots of politics in the hidden and the unseen in striving towards a more compassionate politics. Where else in society alongside the political sphere are you seeing glimpses of hopefulness uh, in industry, in business, in politics? Where are you seeing it? Well, uh, one of the one of the things that we do around compassionate cities is we bring uh, a team of people together um, to start uh, looking at what they can do uh, to support people during times of uh, ill health, ill health, death, dying, loss, and caregiving. And we find when people get going with this, you see incredible stuff. You see it in prisons, in homelessness, in neighborhoods in schools and it is about people supporting people it's like the road less traveled where does it take you and people get on this road and it's a journey of wonder you know, one of the first cities that we certified as a compassionate city is Birmingham and and the stories of the stuff that's going on in Birmingham it's not that everything is perfect in Birmingham it's that this work has started and that's the point. Amazing. You're talking about my home city there. There you so go. That's good to hear. Fantastic. So our final question uh, on Wonder Space that we've asked 129 people uh, is, as we prepare to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere, what insight, wisdom, or question would you like to leave with us? Every single one of us can add to the universe by making use of our compassionate potential. Every single one of us can recognize our own compassionate potential and put it to use. And that is the magic of transformation in our lives. Amazing. And for us who want to find out more, who want to engage with compassionate communities, where do we go? Where do we find out more information? 
go to Compassionate Communities UK, which is our website, and you can find all kinds of resources and information and see how you can engage and discover more. And I also run a podcast called Survival of the Kindest. We've had the most fantastic guests on there from all over the world, from world-leading scientists to indigenous indigenous leaders to uh, documentary makers to educationalists to, I mean, I, everything. And it, when you start looking out for these stories, they are incredible. I want to thank Julian for coming on board Wonder Space this week and for engaging with our six questions. As Julian said, the results of kindness, care, cooperation and compassion are transformative and we all have a role to play in this. Thanks for listening.